Amen. How many are glad to be in the house of the Lord tonight? Oh, boy, I've got my work cut out for me. How many are glad to be in the house of the Lord tonight? Amen, amen. Some of you are looking out at that white stuff that's falling here in the middle of March, and you're unhappy with it, and it shows on your face. You need to let that go. You're in the house of the Lord. You need to find your energy, get plugged into the Word of God here, amen? Amen. I was, uh, if, if this is bothering you, I was joking with Brother Larry on Sunday, Pastor. We both recall the time where it snowed nearly a couple feet in May. So if this is bothering you, get over it. We live in Alaska. It's a great place, and we have snow, amen? But we're in the house of the Lord now, and the fire of God's going to fall. We're going to hear the Word of the Lord. Amen. Quickly give honor to our pastor, pastor's wife. We love you. Appreciate all that you do. 30 years, amen. 30 years. It's amazing. We uh, welcome you if you're uh, on Facebook watching. We are thankful that you're able to join us online tonight. Jeremiah chapter 20, verse 7 through 11. Jeremiah 20, verse 7 through 11. simply reads this way, O Lord, thou hast deceived me, and I was deceived. Stronger than I art thou, and hast prevailed. I am in derision daily. Everyone mocketh me. Since I spake, I cried out, I cried violence and spoil, because the word of the Lord was made a reproach unto me and a derision daily. In other words, the word of God has become a source of people mocking me. Then I said, I will not make mention of him, nor speak any more in his name. But his word was in my heart as a fire, a burning fire shut up in my bones. And I was weary with forbearing, and I could not stay. For I heard the defaming of many, fear on every side. Reports say they, and we were reported, and all my familiars watched for my halting and were waiting for me to quit saying, peradventure, if by chance he will be enticed, and we shall prevail against him, and we shall take revenge on him. But the Lord is with me as a mighty, terrible one. Therefore, my persecutors shall stumble, and they shall not prevail. They shall be greatly ashamed. They shall not prosper. Their everlasting confusion shall never be forgotten. Paraphrasing from verse 9 to take our text this evening, Jeremiah said, I will not make mention of him nor speak his name anymore. But his word was in my heart as a burning fire shut up in my bones. And I could not contain it anymore. I could not stop it. I'm going to preach about the unstoppable word tonight. The unstoppable word. Let's pray in the name of Jesus, God, I come against any distraction tonight that would hinder your word, Lord God. Lord, I believe that this is a word for your people tonight. Help us to hear it. Help us to receive it. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, in Jesus' name, amen. The unstoppable word. I may be wrong tonight, but I suspect that if I were to take a poll tonight of who are your top five heroes of faith in the Bible, Maybe you're not okay with listening that way. I, I tend to do that in my mind. I'm a numbers guy, so uh, get over it. But, but if we were to take a poll and ask, who are, 
your top five heroes of faith? I suspect that very few of us would have listed Jeremiah in the top five. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe that's just a hunch. Um, If you've got him there, no offense. He's a great man of God, a great prophet. Um, Yes, sir. And he may not likely be considered the flashiest prophet or one with the most battle victories under his belt. He may not be considered the wealthiest or the most popular or considered the wisest. Certainly, he may not have written the most encouraging books of the Bible. When I read Jeremiah and Lamentations, if I'm just being transparent and real with you tonight, Brother Brad, sometimes I either want to fall back to Isaiah or spring forward to Daniel. That was a subliminal message for all of you that need to set your clocks this Saturday night. Spring forward or be late to church. I love reading the history books. It's heavy stuff. And... Here in the book of Jeremiah, everybody is sinning, it seems like. Idolatry is rampant. And it seems like the enemy is taking ground every day. Jeremiah is so grieved over the wickedness of God's people and the impending judgment that he continues to warn them time after time, same message. You need to repent. You need to repent and get right. But Jeremiah's warnings are not heeded, and he responds with tears of mourning, thus being dubbed the weeping prophet. Certainly, this is not one of the finer moments in the history of God's people. And when I look at Jeremiah, the man of God, I don't see Mr. Flash. I don't see Mr. Excitement. Maybe you see him differently. This is in my mind's eye. I don't see a prophet like Daniel whose sermons will make you swing from the chandelier as you think about end-time prophecy. And I don't think about a prophet like Isaiah, whose sermons will make you weep in your Bible as you think about the coming Messiah, though Jeremiah certainly had prophecies about the Messiah and some amazing passages. But when I look at this man of God, I see someone who is sensitive, who is loyal, who is humble, who is not assuming. Perhaps he could be considered a loner, never married. But he is certainly not afraid to preach the word of God even when nobody wants to hear it. He's not afraid to swim upstream, to go against the flow and to preach righteousness. Someone who's not concerned with how big the crowd is on Wednesday night, nor focused on his preaching career, nor making a name for himself. The fact was that most of his sermons were so negative that they infuriated the crowd that heard them and so unpopular that he ends up in prison. At one point, he's thrown into a muddy cistern and left to die, then retrieved. Another point, King Zedekiah throws him into prison for preaching about the fall of Jerusalem. He was warning about the idolatry and sin that was happening, saying the only hope for God's people is that they repent. Several scholars state that Jeremiah likely died by violent crucifixion after being exiled to Egypt, perhaps by sword, perhaps by stoning. No heroes goodbye. No mention in Hebrews chapter 11 as part of the heroes of faith. 
He was quoted numerous times even by Jesus himself in the New Testament, uh, but not often named. Named three times by Matthew. The third time, at least the King James Version, is pronounced Jeremy. But in the first chapter of the book of Jeremiah, we see a familiar story. When God calls Jeremiah at a young age. Jeremiah 1, 4 through 10, I'll read it for your hearing. The word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee. The unborn child is sacred. Life is sacred before it's ever born. And I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. Then said I, Lord, I cannot speak, for I am a child. But the Lord said unto me, Say not that I'm a child, but thou shalt go to all that I send thee. And whatsoever I command thee, thou shalt speak. Be not afraid of their faces, for I am with thee to deliver thee, saith the Lord. Then the Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth, Jeremiah said. And the Lord said unto me, Behold, read this with me, I have put my words in thy mouth. See, I've set thee this day over nations and over the kingdoms to root out and to pull down, to destroy, to throw down, to build, and to plant. Jeremiah 1 through 1, 4 through 10, he said, Behold, I have put my words in thy mouth. Now back to our text, you'll notice in chapter 20 when he says his word was in my heart as a burning fire shut up in my bones. Jeremiah does not say here that the sermon that I just preached with all the cool quips or the specific word that I just delivered was like a fire shut up in my bones. He said God's word was in my heart like a fire that I could not contain. What I believe is happening here, Brother Stacy, is that Jeremiah is reaching all the way back to when God first put his word inside of Jeremiah in chapter 1, when he said, I will set you over the nations and over the kingdoms to root, root out, to pull down, to plant, and to build. And now in chapter 20, Jeremiah is saying, right when I thought I might just throw in the towel and quit. Uh, you see, God put his word inside of me when I was a little boy. And not only did he give me his word, he also gave me a promise in Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 12 when he said, I am watching to see that my word is fulfilled in your life, Jeremiah. Somebody hear the word of God tonight. When God gives you a word, it does not matter what the enemy tries to do to stop it. It does not matter how much time has passed, Brother Brad, since you received it. God's word is unstoppable. Somebody get that down in your spirit tonight. When you got a word from God about that lost loved one, when you got a word about that health issue, about that job, about that child, that word is unstoppable tonight. And God is literally watching over the word that he placed within you to make sure that it comes to pass in your life. Jeremiah said, Thy words were found, and I did digest them. Chapter 15. The word was the joy and rejoicing of my heart. So I was praying over the sermon. Remembered back to my teenage years. 
to Carlisle when others grew up with Nintendos and Playstations and Xboxes. I grew up in a time that had Walkman portable cassette tape players. And I had two sets of AA rechargeable batteries so that I could rotate them. A roll of scotch tape so I could splice the tape if it tore. And a box full, cardboard box full, Brother Walter, of hundreds of hours of preaching tapes. Live with my grandparents out in the middle of nowhere in the woods. Pastor, you came and visited in Arkansas one time with Josh and Brad. Didn't have friends close by to visit or fellowship with. Did not have game systems to entertain me. Didn't have a TV to entertain me. iPads weren't invented and cell phones were still in a bag. But day after day, just poured preaching into my spirit. I would walk in the woods and play tapes, flip them over. Had to do front and back to get a full 60 minutes. I would play the front, flip it over, play the back until my batteries ran out. I would go back to my room, Pastor, switch out the batteries and do it again. Say, that's strange. Well, I don't know I'm strange, but something was being birthed inside of me. It was unstoppable word of God. And I don't say this to, uh, to Brown Nose or to, 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 to pump him up tonight, but it was from preachers like Pastor Herring, who my grandmother had collected tapes week after week while she was here, I believe hoping that my grandfather would listen to them, but he never did. But I got a hold of them, and I would listen to them. Brother Playle had some of your tapes. Brother Churchill, Brother Bankins. And as I got older, when I was here as a child, I wasn't, I was too unfocused and too young and immature to know what I was getting a hold of. But as I got older and got a hold of those preaching tapes, they literally transformed my life. And I'll never forget the day, I don't believe I've ever shared this here. If I have, act like you've never heard it. 13 years old, Pastor Harry, 1995, one of the more discouraging times of my life. Convinced that all the labels that the world had sought to apply to me applied. And just, just young enough, immature enough to not know better. But on this particular day, I skipped going to a youth event, church, because I was afraid, had too much anxiety to go socialize. And I pulled the tape out of a box, and it was from a preacher by the name of Stuart Churchill. He was preaching at Palmer Pentecostal Church right upstairs in the old building, somewhere around 91 or 92, Pastor Herring. The sermon was simply titled, He Makes All Things New. Not here to tell you it was one of the more flashy sermons that I've ever heard, though he's preached some masterpieces throughout the year. It was simply titled, He Makes All Things New. And it was in that moment that I realized that there was a little five-year-old boy, Brother Playl, inside of me who'd watched his dad get hauled off to jail that many times had to stay in his bedroom until dad sobered up. That little boy was still holding on and holding me back. And when I heard that sermon that he makes all things 
new. It was in that moment that I realized that God can make me new. And it was in that point that I realized and made up in my mind I'm not going to be a statistic. It was that year that God placed a calling on my life to preach. Pastor, all I had was a Thompson chain, Matthew Henry Johnson. Just enough knowledge to misuse all three. (laughs) First sermon, nobody said amen. Nobody clapped. Nobody told me I did a good job afterwards. In fact, my grandfather, so kind, but firm, said, son, I think, let me talk to you for a minute. I think the pastor was hoping you'd preach a little bit longer than that. That was his only comment. (laughs) Made me realize, okay, probably seven minutes for the sermon wasn't long enough. (laughs) Had 14 pages of notes. (laughs) But it didn't matter to me because the word was being birthed in my spirit. Wes, you're going to preach the gospel. Wes, your past does not matter. You You can leave everything in the past and I can make all things new. All things new. Jeremiah, don't tell me what I can't do through you. Let me tell you what my word can do through you. Yeah, but I'm too shy. You're going to preach my word. Yeah, but I'm not flashy and talented. You're going to preach my word. In that moment, I felt a little bit like Jeremiah. I don't know how to get the word out of my mouth, but I know that God's put some word inside of me. And in our text, Jeremiah has been instructed to preach a gut-wrenching sermon. Go tell my people that they've messed up, that I'm done with them, and that if they don't repent, judgment is coming. We see perhaps a little bit of hesitation in Jeremiah's mind. We see a moment where Jeremiah says, I almost gave up. I almost threw in the towel. I almost didn't preach what God told me to. But there was a word from God in my spirit. In fact, it was like fire shut up in my bones. He says, oh, I heard the words, the reports. I saw the enemy waiting to see if I would stumble and fall. But the Lord is with me as a mighty, terrible one. Therefore, we will have victory. Check this out with me. When Jeremiah switches from a defensive posture, if I'm not sure I can do this anymore, and I might give up, I might not make it. To an offensive position of releasing the unstoppable word of God. The environment changed when Jeremiah spoke the word. But the outcome was guaranteed when God put the word inside of Jeremiah. I said the environment changed when he spoke the word. But the outcome was guaranteed all the way back when it was put inside of him. Somebody say it's unstoppable. I think oftentimes God's people spend too much time in a defensive posture, just trying to make it through, just trying to get through the week. We've all been there, just just hoping this week will be a little bit better than last week. It's in that defensive posture where I allow the enemy to keep backing me up because I'm always just defending. I'm never going on the offensive. Clearly, we have a good defensive game, church, because we made it. Thank you, Jesus. Somebody said, I made it through 2020, and I got the T-shirt to prove it, right? But hear me tonight. I believe it's time to pull out the sword and go on the offense. I 
time for the church to score some points and take back some territory. It's time to release the unstoppable word into the environment. Oh, thank you, Jesus. I simply come tonight to tell you that the word of God is unstoppable. The enemy has tried to stop it for thousands of years. Thousands of years. One time the enemy thought that they won when they tried to nail the word to the cross. But by nailing it to a cross, they did not... They did not defeat the word. They released the word. And on the day of Pentecost, the word became in us instead of just with us. And I declare to the enemy tonight that when you attack me, you're releasing the word of God. Somebody declare that in your spirit right now. I'm releasing the word of God. Thank you, Jesus. Quickly, let's go to Ephesians 6, 13 through 17. Wherefore, take ye the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to stand the evil day, having done all to stand. Stand, therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, having on the breastplate of righteousness, your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, Above all, take the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench the fiery darts of the wicked, the helmet of salvation, the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. I don't know if you caught that, but the sword is the only offensive weapon in the armor of God. Everything else is defensive. Don't get me wrong, it's all so important, but in 2021, I believe that it's time that we take the sword out and go to work. It's time that we fight for our families and fight for our community and fight for righteousness. Fight for everything that the enemy is trying to take from us. I'm not talking about a physical fight. I'm talking about a spiritual fight. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. It's a spiritual fight because the enemy knows that his time is Read the book of Revelation. Satan knows that his time is about to wrap up. He knows that the word is unstoppable. In fact, he's read it and he knows that he loses. He's just hoping to get lucky and pick off one or two of us before Jesus returns. Can I take out one soldier? You can't take out the church. The church wins. But can I get one? The church, if we're just on the defense, we're going to lose a soldier to an injury here or there or to an attack here or there. But if the church makes up his mind, we're going on the offense. We're putting the offense on the field and we're going to have revival. We can take new ground and we can see restoration happen in 2021. And by the way, there's another offensive weapon in our, in our arsenal. Go to verse 18, if you will. Prayer. We have the word, and we have prayer. We have the word, and we have prayer. But if you really want something powerful, combine the word with your prayer. If you want to know how to pray, get Pastor Sermon from Sunday, Masterpiece on Prayer. But when you combine his word with your need, it's a recipe for a miracle. Let me quickly show you something in Daniel chapter 10, and then I'm going to close. 
beginning of the chapter starts out by letting us know that Daniel was fasting and praying to Sukkotah for three weeks, 21 days. He doesn't seem to be getting an answer to his prayer. He's not getting answered. Nothing is happening. And keeps praying. 21 days. Check out verse 11 here. Where an angel shows up, perhaps Gabriel does not name this particular angel. And says unto Daniel, O Daniel, a man greatly beloved, understand the words that I speak unto thee. And stand upright, for unto thee I am now sent. Verse 12, and he said unto him, Fear not, Daniel, for from the first day that thou didst set thy heart to understand and to chasten thyself before God. Thy words, somebody say thy words, were heard, and I am come for thy words. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me 21 days. But lo, the archangel Michael, one of his chief princes, came to help me. This angel speaking to Daniel, maybe Gabriel, maybe another angel, is coming to Daniel's rescue. He gets held up in the spirit world for 21 days in a defensive posture, battling the enemy, the prince of the kingdom of Persia. But now he says, Daniel, I made it here today because you released the word from your mouth that God had put in you. Because of your words, I'm here. When you released the word that was within you, Daniel, it released Michael to come and fight the battle on my behalf so that I could come and help you out, Daniel. Do you understand the power of the word that God has put within you today? I challenge somebody to rise tonight and release that word. Release the word that God has put within you. I'm worried about my job for the West. Oh, my God shall supply. I said, my God shall supply all of my needs. I'm worried about my health. I'm worried about my husband's health. By his stripes, we are healed. Would you declare that word tonight in the name of Jesus? Declare the word over your family. Brother West, I don't have a word. Well, the altar's open. You can come and receive one tonight. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for your word. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Somebody here tonight, this word was for you. I don't know who, but you need to speak it out right now. Get that need on your mind. Begin to speak his word out. Lord, I stand in faith tonight, not in fear. I stand in faith, not in doubt. I stand in faith, God, believing, Lord, that you are able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we ask or think. Lord, in the name of Jesus, you do not know right now, as you release that word, what's happening in the spirit world. You do not know right now, as you release that word, you may be releasing the spirit world to fight on your behalf. You do not know right now what is happening behind the scenes. It may not feel like much sometimes, but I just speak his word. 
may not feel like it's going any higher than the ceiling sometimes, but I speak his word. Come on.